Oh my goodness. I have been waiting for this conversation for what, a week, seven to 10 days or so. Yep. I was so excited when I got to book Miranda May for this podcast. And Miranda, I just want to say welcome to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. Oh my, that well, the honor and privilege is all mine. I have been following you on wisdom for some time now. I have always respected you uh, in the work you do and your intuitive side and the connection side. And so when you asked me to be on your show, I'm like, okay, someone sprinkled some magic dust on me. So I appreciate it. Thank you. So the affection is mutual. No. Yes. So just so everybody knows, we I meet a lot of amazing people on the Wisdom app. This is a social audio app. And I mentioned this because people might be like, what's wisdom? What's wisdom? So mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw that in there real quick. And Miranda was one of those people that when I heard like from 30 seconds into listening to her talk, I'm like slam dunk follow. Like mm -hmm. I didn't even hesitate because not only is she articulate and well-spoken, she speaks my spiritual language as well. And I can feel her energy. I can feel her energy of love that emanates out of her and mm -hmm. This is the wisdom app has been an incredible journey for me because I have found these people that like rock my world that are so in alignment with where I'm at right now. And I call them my mighty companions. So thank you again, Miranda. And let's get started. Are you ready for your first question? Oh, oh I am ready. I'm sure we're going to unpack a lot today. I have a feeling. <laughs> so my first question is when... I give podcasts or interviews on my podcast. I often ask people to just give me a little bit of their backstory about for, for you, it'd be how you became a funeral director and also medium, because I'm sure a lot of people like funeral director, you know, this is about death. This is about funerals. This is about one of the hardest things that people do. And there's this kind of like interest peak, like how do people get into that? So if you yeah. want to just share with us how, you know, this went down briefly, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's a really good question. Because uh, you kind of want to know where where did it start? Um, it really began for me in 2009 when I was 27 years old. I experienced my first significant loss in my life, and that was my husband. He unexpectedly passed in a motorcycle accident, and because of that, it when you hear that your life experiences will often lead you on your path. I had no idea, no understanding of how much that loss was going to change my life um, in so many directions, in so many levels. Like it has shaped me. It really has. Um, the first grief book that I was ever given was by my mom and it was by a medium, uh, James Van Prague. Mm -hmm. And this he's written a few books, but this particular one that was given to me was called Ghost Among Us. And this is three or four days after my husband's funeral. So it is fresh. And I often tell people this in the grief healing journey who are just beginning that grief will open us up. It will crack us open. We It will peel all of our layers back. It's a level of vulnerability that is so uncomfortable uh, you want to just go run and escape and hide under the covers. But what happens is what I think a lot of people don't understand is that is the opportunity to connect because when your heart space is open, when your crown chakra is open, that is the opportunity for us to really lean into it as uncomfortable as it might feel. Now, don't get me wrong. I did not do this the entire time. There were, I made many, many, many mistakes along my grief healing journey. And we may get into that, but 
when I read this book, Ghost Among Us by James Van Prague, he basically said, they're all there. They're all there. And he gave so many stories of just validating that our loved ones are with us, our loved ones are protecting us and guiding us and whatever that might be, whatever we need. And I was sold. I was, I'm going to say it, I was dying for this connection with Lance. I needed to hear from him. I needed to feel him. And what did I have to lose? I had nothing to lose at this point because I've already lost everything. So if James says, go in, go connect with them, everyone can do it. I'm like, all right, let's go do this. And I did it. And let me tell you something. It was a short amount of time for him to come, to come back, for my husband to come back and say, I'm here. Like random smells of coffee in the middle of the night. Like, like there's a pot of coffee brewing. I could smell his cologne. I could hear his flip-flops. Um, this one particular sign is coming up for me right now. So I think I'm going to share it. It's Please. probably my, it's probably my most significant sign from him. Um, that's one of those unexplainable situations where you're like, how did that happen? Um, when he was on his motorcycle, he wore, a, he had his hat on, a, his beautiful red handkerchief, his bandana. That is a big sign for me too. Um, he had a watch on. And oddly enough, none of this stuff was destroyed. Like I still have it all. And when I looked at his watch um, after the accident, it was, it was a digital watch. This was in 2009, all right? And it was broken. No time, no nothing. And I'm thinking, all right, and I kept it. And then it was probably about maybe two months after his, his death, his transition, it was just one of those really, really, really hard days of, I, I need to know you're okay. I need to know you're safe. I need to know you're here. And I need you to show me in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through his box and I will often like smell stuff and just get that, that visceral reaction. And I remember just like crying in this red bandana and looking down at the watch and it read eight colon 12. And I'm thinking, hold the phone. Wait a minute. This watch is broken. This watch doesn't work. Why is 812 showing up? And of course, I started rationalizing. I'm like, well, maybe the watch did work or whatever. What we, we can often come up with our own excuses of communication. People stop that. Stop it, right? You're ruining the experience. So I decided to really lean into it. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden I quieted my mind and I said, what does this mean? And it, I heard clear as day, go look up scripture 812. And I have never read the Bible before. Okay. But I do know that there are many 812s out there, whatever that 812 is. Okay. And so I honestly opened the computer, searched Bible scripture 812. And um, the first one that came up was John 812. And the quote is, I am the light of the world. Those who follow me shall now shall not walk in darkness. And that was it. That was all I needed to know that he was with God. He was in light. He was not in, in whatever I thought he was at wherever we think they're at. And, um, 
I made a big drastic move about 10 months after he passed. I moved from Nevada to Colorado and everyone was like, no, Miranda, you are crazy. You're, you're not thinking clearly don't move, don't move. But I had, I followed my intuition with this and I moved and I was still living in Nevada in some big tchotchke place where tons of little signs are at. And I remember being in an aisle and just so confused of, is this the right move for me? And I look down and on the shelf, I got to get it. Oh, please do. I got to get it. On the shelf was this plaque. No. Oh my God. I got head chills. Yeah. Oh, and okay. I, I'm going to read it to everybody on the podcast. It's a little plaque that looks like it's about four inches by four inches. And it says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness. And then it's signed John eight twelve. Yeah. So and yeah. I, and, and butterflies were, were butterflies is like a big connection with me, with me and Lance, yes, with yeah. everybody too. And so that was really all I needed to, to, to know that he, he was with me. That's gorgeous. And um, I moved to Denver and I became a funeral director. Denver, Colorado is the only state in the United States, the only state in the U.S. where you don't have to be a licensed mortician mm. to be a funeral director. So basically, I was the first person the family saw. I was planning everything, okay, picking, planning whether it was a cremation, burial, and so forth, and getting the, the ceremonies together. Um, I did not do any of the preparation. Um, but I was called to go to that job. I was led to it. I saw an ad in the paper and it was one of those moments where I, where I heard as strong as day, do it, Mm -hmm. do it, do it. And I did it. And it was the most beautiful experience of my life. And how long were you in that, that position? Yeah. Uh, three years. Okay. So three years. And then the, the mediumshipness. Let's get into that now because you're yeah. talking about getting the signs and the things like that, and the mm-hmm. and the signs. To me, well, okay. Let me just delineate this or have you do it for us. The signs are one thing, but when you actually hear from or see or smell, you know them. To me, I feel like that's that's, that's a whole new level. Yeah. Right. So I got, I already have some things I'm going to add to this, but I want you to unpack that first about when did this transition into I'm getting signs. So I'm actually communicating with Mm -hmm. people who have transitioned. Yep. At that point I was, it was still just my husband. I didn't tell anybody. It was just, I was solely connecting for my own grief healing journey. That's really important to know. I did not know what a medium was. I did not know what I was doing. All I knew was I had a connection with him. And when I got into the funeral directing role, that's when I learned, and this is probably about three years after his, his passing, um, that's when I learned that I could communicate with other souls. So it was when I was around the loved ones, the deceased, and I would see them first before the family. I ha- it sounds strange, but I never felt so connected in my life. Yeah. Like I needed to be there. I needed to just talk. And when I was listening, they were talking back to me. And I'm like, this is so weird. This is crazy. And I didn't say anything. I didn't tell anybody because I didn't know what was going on. But I'll tell you what, it was a huge advantage in my job. Huge, huge, huge advantage in my career. Uh, Unfortunately, I did 
had to leave that position. Well, we moved to New Mexico. Um, um, I ended up remarrying a wonderful man who's also a widow. And um, we moved from Colorado to New Mexico for, for our business. Mm-hmm. And needed to get out of the, the funeral directing in, uh, profession anyway, because who I was working for was a corporation. It turned into a sales job as opposed to really helping the family. Oh, bummer. And it, and I will be talking about this at another time, but it's important for people to be, to be educated yes. on what to expect when, before they plan a funeral for their loved one. Cause it, you, you, you gotta know, you, you gotta know what's out there. And, um, I left and I was lost. I was so freaking lost. I was depressed. I had anxiety. Um, um, I had a drinking problem. Um, I remarried an amazing man who was a non-drinker who really opened up my eyes to some things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a beautiful child together. So on paper, life looks really good. Mm-hmm. We've got a beautiful home right in the middle of Santa Fe. Like it's good, but why am I so upset? Why am I so depressed? Why am I so angry? And um, I just kind of cried out for help. I just really needed a direction. And I still don't know how this book came my way, but it got through to me. And um, it's by Marla Fries and it's called The American Psychic. And basically it's a memoir of her and how she became a medium. And she developed these, these abilities to protect herself when she was being raised in an abusive home. And so we all develop these. And let me say this too, that everyone has this gift. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the ability to tap into higher consciousness, to connect with their loved ones. It is everybody's birthright. Yeah. But we have to work through that. And I think what, I think what trips us up is a lot of people are either afraid to go there. They don't want to go there, or there's still some human emotions, obstacles in the relationship, hardships that they need to work through yeah. of what happened to them in that relationship when their loved one was still physically here. Yeah. So that's really important. And that's why I'm here is to say, you can do this, do it for your own healing journey. You don't have to go be a medium, but the grief healing journey and the thought of death, really the pain lessons yes. when we know they're here. Yes. I have um, a couple questions here. One, I find it interesting that you talked about smelling your husband because mm. two things. One, uh, the first time I'd ever had that experience was when a cat passed away. It was the first time I had to put a, a put a cat or an animal to sleep. It was terrible. It was horrendous. And like, I don't know, two, three days later, I'm walking through my house and I smell her and cats have a particular smell, each one of them. Like, it's kind of like we do. They have their own little fragrance. And it's in their fur. It's not like I'm talking about urine on the carpet. I'm talking right. about their body smell. And so I walked mm-hmm. out of my office into what I call was a cloud of Petey. Like I could smell it. I was like, and I even was sniffing around like, oh my God, that's Petey. And I thought, yeah. okay, she's here. Well, <laughs> there's so much I want to say here. I'm trying to keep it really clean and clear. So the smells to me is a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that other people come to you with their smells because I'm having 
I, I, there's someone trying to break through to me. Okay. Yeah. And this person straight up in the middle of the night said his name, Barry, mm. loud as can be. And mm -hmm. then I don't know him. I've asked a million people. I've talked to other mediums. I, you know, no one knows who this Barry is. Could be someone connected to this home that I moved into. Um, I heard a, a fart in the middle of the night that was loud as can be on my left side. Yeah. On the right side. I've smelled stinky feet and and stinky feet when no one's feet smell like we don't have stinky yeah. feet house. And so I'm like, yeah. and my husband smelled it one day too. We're all smelling everybody's feet. So people want to go down this dark path and like, oh, it's a demon and these things, which I don't mm. believe by the way. Mm. But to me, it's let's like- Let's definitely touch on that. Let's not forget, circle okay, back on that. I'll write it down. But I, I was like, I don't feel that energy. I feel like there's someone trying to communicate with me Mm -hmm. that might be connected to this house, but I don't know who this person is. So mm -hmm. my point is, how would someone like me, who's baby, baby, baby into this, mm. you know, how would you grow that or cultivate that type of experience? I Well, first of all, I think it's really lucky. Mm -hmm. People will come to me and say, someone so is coming through and it's scaring the bejesus out of me. And I'm just like, why? They're, they need to say something. They need to connect. And, um, it just so happens that, so mediums are taught, psychics and mediums are taught by Claire's clairsentience is right. to feel and clairvoyance is to see clairaudience, clairgustance, I believe is to, to, I think that's to taste. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the smell one and it, it doesn't matter. It really Claire, doesn't matter. Claire olfactory, we're going to call it. I think that might be it. Claire I'm not, smell. I'm not, I think it might be Claire Olfactory. I'm not even kidding. Claire nostrils. Claire nostrils. Claire stinky feet. Claire, get your feet out of my face. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that that is. Well, I want to go back to the cat first of all. I'm mm -hmm. going to go back to the cat because you are grieving your cat. So when I say that grief opens us up, you are mm -hmm. you are smelling things, right? And you're and you're connecting with the cat. Like your senses are heightened. And it, I would be, it'd be interesting to know that when Barry was coming through, like, were you in a dream state where you, where your senses open where like, cause you're not usually when we're in a dream state, our egos are removed. That's really how we can connect is when we get out of the way and we receive everything that's coming through. So I would just say that you've got you, your clear old clear sinuses, clear olfactory is probably a really strong clear for you, but clairvoyance can be too clear like use all of them don't just get boxed into one sense okay so I'm really working on um so clear audience is my is my dominant one I can hear really well they mm -hmm. give me things to hear um and I'm starting to strengthen my my clairvoyance my third eye so I've been doing little exercises with spirit to help me strengthen this mm -hmm. so so if there so if you really want to hone in on this and you want to start seeing more or hearing more then throw it out there I think it's really important for people to intention intention is everything so that's a good question because to me the difference between intuition and mediumship for me and I could be wrong this is not my area of expertise but intuition is and I'm an intuitive mofo. So I, I understand all the clairs. Didn't know there was a smell clair, but now I, I got that one too. However, 
to me, intuition for me in my life has been where I'm connecting to, you know, I get these messages about my own life or things that are going to happen and those type of things. This is, I have had other experiences with deceased people coming to me, but I didn't realize that it's coming through the same Claire's. I thought it would come differently. So now I'm like, okay. It's all the same thing. Yeah, it's I didn't all realize. The same thing. I, for some reason I had messages for me was going to yeah. come differently than messages from yeah. other people. So when this started happening, yeah. it is mediumship. It yes. is mediumship. So I want to, let's, since we're that. talking about it, let's clarify the difference between psychic and medium. Oh, so yeah, when you, so psychic is, um, is the ability to tap into the living energy, right? So when you're connecting with yourself, I believe you're connecting with yourself on a psychic level. Okay. Super hone in on your intuition. And then mediumship is connecting with the spirit world, connecting with loved ones, connecting with spirits who passed on. Okay. That's the only difference. Now there's some, there's some bullshit going around, like, uh, psych, uh, all mediums are psychic, psychics, but psychics aren't mediums. It's like, Oh yeah. What is okay, that? Oh, I, don't, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't really care. I, I, everybody's got it. If, if the psychic wants to tap in on the other side then go fucking tap in, yes. like, don't hold yourself back. You can have it. Don't put yourself in a box, but I'll tell you, they are different energies different, different energies. And there are some people who just don't want to connect with the other side. And that's cool. That's all yeah. good. Don't worry about it. Like it, it's not for everybody, but when I do readings, um, sometimes the psychic, uh, uh, hits will come in where I'm connecting with the person. And yeah. I actually love doing that first because when I can get them talking about themselves and their life, um, the, the blocks kind of start yes. fading yeah, and then their loved ones can come in a little bit more clearer. So um, when my sessions are very different, they're very relaxed. And it's like the more relaxed I can get the person I'm reading for, the, the stronger the connection. It's mm -hmm. truly magical. Um, so just because you have a really strong int intuition and you get your hits and you act on your downloads or does this make sense? The hits and downloads oh, yeah. that I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, you're, you're listening to them. Um, you're in receiving mode. Mm -hmm. So basically Kristen, it's a switch. If you don't want to connect in the middle of the night to Barry, just tell Barry to go away and Barry will go away. Okay. And now I'm getting the hit. Now we need to talk about, there's some bullshit also going around about bad energies, about stuck energies. If you, anyone listening to this, and if you've ever got a reading, by anybody who told you your loved one is stuck, go ask for your money back. Yeah, amen. amen. They are not stuck. They are all there. They are all love and light. They are all healing energy. Miranda, let's say that louder God. for the people in the back. Let's say oh. that louder for the people. <laughs> no one is stuck. No one is stuck. No one is stuck. I, I could connect to anybody. Now, someone's loved ones might be a big, bigger, stronger personality, a little bit louder, easier to connect with, right? Yeah. Timid little grandma, timid mom may not be coming through, but she's there. She's there. And they're at the end of my sessions. I say, is there anybody you wanted to hear from? And they'll say my cousin and I'll take a couple deep breaths. I'll bring her cousin in and her cousin comes through every single time. They're all there. Yes. They're all there. I love that. Another question that came up for me that I heard, and I would love to hear your take on this is I heard that when 
soon after transition is when their energy is still the strongest here. Is that truth to that? Or I mean, is it they're hanging around more because we're all freaking out and having panic attacks? And yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I hear I hear different things from different mediums. Um, I think they're all strong. I mean, I do believe that uh, if someone is in the hospital um, or someone had passed away from a heart attack unexpectedly at home um, and you're resuscitating and you still have a heartbeat, it is the soul can leave the body and the soul is watching everything going right. on like that, that can happen. That happens a lot actually. Um, and kind of just understanding maybe like what's happening. Um, what I suggest people doing though, um, getting this is if you're really interested of like the afterlife and stories about the afterlife, go look up near death experiences. If they're, they're beautiful. It is so magical to hear what people have witnessed on the other side and what they came back and what they learned. They all kind of have a common theme, but it, but each person has their own individual experience and it's, it's, it's so moving and it kind of helps us process death a little bit easier because we're so afraid of where are we going to go? What's going to happen to us? And it, if that's a big fear of yours, then start exploring your death experiences because um, yeah. it could, it could ease that fear a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think they're all strong. I think, I think Do they remain they, strong. They're not just like really yeah, strong right when they pass. I, they yeah. Remain. I think, I think there's, I think that's as strong as it strong could get. I will say too, is a lot of people think that your loved ones hang out at the cemetery and they don't, they, they don't, they don't hang out there. I want you to go to the cemetery. If that's where you feel connected to them. Some people go to the, go to the mountains. Yeah. That's where they feel connected with their loved ones. If you need to go to the cemetery to get that connection, fine, but they're not there. They're, they're right here, right, right next to you. <laughs> I, I have a question. So I, you, I think I heard you talk about this on wisdom and I'm, I'm trying to formulate the question right now where people that are really struggling through grief, it was something you're going to know exactly what I'm saying when I fumbled my way through this. You said something to the effect of what are they holding on to or what are they afraid of or what are they, what is it like, there was something to do with them passing. The reason why they were having a really difficult time is because something they were holding on to or something. Am I making sense? Do you remember this conversation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I talk about it a lot. Okay. And I think this is really important is when I do encourage people, empower people to build that connection with their loved ones on the other side, a lot of people will say, um, I just, I can't go there because, um, okay, I'm going to use my own experience. Let's use my own experience. To a certain degree, I blocked off my communication with my husband because there was still unsaid words. There were still arguments that didn't have a resolution. There was still some anger I had over that uh, parts of that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people are afraid to do is explore the hardships, the complicated parts in that relationship. It's like when they die, we automatically think, well, I can't talk about them in a bad way because that's yes. speaking bad ill, bad will ill about the, Ill of about the dead. dead. And yep. it's like, no, it's not. Because this is part of your grief healing journey. Like you have to get through those complicated, unresolved issues 
So, and how you can do that and how I did this. Well, first I had to unblock myself. And one of the things that was blocking me was alcohol. There was a big addiction. It's, it's my dark side. And I'm not completely alcohol free, but I had to completely change my relationship with it. And when I started on my spiritual journey, my spiritual awakening, should I say, that was what a mess uh, for the first message that spirit told me is you need to stop drinking. And it's, it's still, I'm still going through it. I'm still working through it. Mm -hmm. But once I identified the problem of me blocking myself, because I can't connect inebriated. I can't connect after two big glasses of wine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but once I stopped drinking, I realized that I didn't deal with my grief. I was still hanging on to stuff. I was still bringing that into my relationship with my husband now. And there were other things that I didn't give myself the chance to work through. So when I say that people um, have obstacles or they're blocking themselves, it's, it's, I'm saying, explore the whole relationship, not only honor the good times and be so grateful for those times and, and everything they taught you in life, but get to a point in your journey where you can find a safe place, a therapist, a safe support group, a best friend, and start talking about what you need to hear from them. Mm -hmm. Because if you can open yourself up and have this conversation with them, and if you can quiet the distractions, you will be able to hear, I'm sorry. You will be able to hear, I'm, I love you. Yep. Right. I, I call this po post-mortem healing. Just because they're past doesn't mean they turn into saints. We need to understand that, right? They were still human. Yeah. We still had experience with them. We still, we could love them to death and still be having some type of feelings around the relationship at that time or regrets or, you know, guilts or shame or anything, you know, those type of things. And I know someone who has held on to some deaths for a very long time, but like, won't. I don't, this is not in judgment at all. You guys just, everybody needs to know this is not in judgment, but everybody around them has thought, you know, this is, it's almost like she's forcing it, this thing. And that person said, I feel like if I heal from this or get happy, it means I don't love them mm. and I don't miss them. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about that brand. I think this is a big one for people. Oh, I was just thinking about this this morning. Yeah. What that means, and it's going to go back to your book, is people pleasing, making mm -hmm. people believe that they have to fit into our culture and society of always being sad. I think misery, I think people who are depressed will go find the other people who are depressed and they're going to stay in that bubble. What's happening is she's, or he, I'm saying, I'm assuming it's a she, because what I'm feeling she's not allowing herself her own happiness because it almost feels more comfortable staying in the sadness, staying in, in, in that, in that familiar space. Mm -hmm. And, um, this, this happened to me too. I did not have the happiest life before Lance died. And once I started finding my grief healing, I did, I felt guilty for, for being happy. I'm like, do people know I kind of still suffer, but I don't, it doesn't yeah. matter what people need to know about you and your grief healing journey. You have, we have one mission in life, one mission. 
Mm-hmm. And that is happiness, Kristen. Yep. That is happiness. When people ask me, Miranda, what is your definition of purpose? My definition of purpose is happiness. You don't need to write a book. You don't need to have a podcast. You don't need to be the face of what, you don't need to do anything. But what you do need to do is find your happiness. Mm-hmm. And this is the whole thing of it is when your your friend can bring in her loved ones can incorporate them back in her life then she can start understanding yeah. that she deserves to have a good life Happiness that they life really well. never left her yes yes and she does get a lot of signs and things like that and that has oh, carried hang on to those but, you know it's like it's been years and years but the throw you know afraid to throw away memorabilia and things like that but i'm gonna switch gears a little bit because yeah. I hear the term energy healer all the time. Mm. I've been called an energy healer. I've been called an energy transmutator. <laughs> People call me things that I'm like, what is the term of energy healer? This is a very personal question because you had it written in your bio and I was like, "Do is this, what is it? And is it something yeah. that maybe I need to claim to? Because I people have called me oh, that. 100% own it. Uh, those words, it? those I'll words. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is going to piss some people off. Okay. And, um, I'm sorry, but listen, especially I, okay. How am I going to say this without sounding like an asshole? Um, <laughs> I love how much transition we've had in our society about talking about spirituality mm-hmm. and being open about, um, talking about loss and uh, realigning our chakras and, uh, you know, the full moon, the whole gamut, right? Like we're like, it, there's a big space opening up for this in the fifth dimension. And I don't even know what the fifth dimension is to be either. honest with you. I, when people talk about ascending into the, some dimension, I'm like, how is it? I think it's consciousness. <laughs> it, I you must go into the fifth dimension every single night because every single time in meditation, there is no space, there is no time. I am I am in a different dimension. But this is so this is my whole point. Everybody can do it. No one is more special than the next. Mm-hmm. No one really knows what they're doing. We're just helping each other along the way. What Taryn Thompson introduced me to Ram Das and said, Ram Das says, we're just walking each other home. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. We're just guiding each other home. Someone might have another piece of nugget before us, whatever. So energy healing is, they call it Reiki, right? And it's life source energy coming through us, coming through our hands and being able to heal through our hands. All it is, is tapping into higher consciousness and letting that golden healing, magical love and light from source, from our loved ones, because they're now part of that, Mm -hmm. letting them come through are like we're a channel we're a conduit and then we give this healing energy to those who need it the world a person ourselves what wherever we need to shine some light and love okay Okay. that makes sense so so i think anyone who has the ability to tap in and to connect has the ability for energy healing okay same yeah okay so so when i see these people charging four hundred dollars $1,200 for a Reiki course, I say, get really in tune with yourself, really expand on your spirituality, ask God, ask the universe to open you up to clear anything you need out of your body. You can see these energy powers and heal other people. Really important though, 
is I believe that, I mean, we're always going to be healing ourselves and working through our, our human emotions throughout our entire life. But it's important that the energy healer has done some solid work on themselves mm -hmm. first. I'm not sure you could be a real good one if you hadn't. I mean, we got to clear that channel. Yeah. The clearer the channel is. And then, yeah, I believe that's because it takes the, this is something that I always work to try to word through it. All I can say is it takes the mud out of the lens, you know, mm -hmm. when, when you can be a clear channel to people. i also want to reiterate everyone who's listening or watching this on YouTube. I want to reiterate what Miranda is saying that we all have these spiritual gifts. God didn't go, you, you, and you, you get to be this, and you, you, and you get to be that. The bottom line is we are divine sparks of God. Every mm -hmm. single one of us, we are part of the same. We are one, and we are inserted into, or we insert ourselves into little human bodies, and we all have this connection. I always say this to Miranda, you probably like this. I say, God didn't come to a slow roll and throw us off the bus and say, good luck, <laughs> see you after a while, you know. God, God knew that we couldn't handle this, that we needed mm -hmm. to, to remain connected to our source energy, and we all have it. And to each like, other. Yes. Right, Christine? Yes. And whether we've tapped into it, not tapped into it, we're, we're in the beginning journey, because I also call us teeny tiny baby humans. I call us little teeny tiny baby humans toddling around. And you know, when we can, when we really look at ourselves that way, that we're not supposed to be perfect, we're not supposed to know anything, and nobody's better because they can sense a, a deceased loved one or they're really in tune with their intuition or any of the other plethora of gifts that's out there. We all have our individual talents and we have our spiritual gifts. So we all can do this, you guys. Yeah. And I just want to tell this real brief story to you is that mm -hmm. I think I might've messaged this to you, but I don't remember that one time I woke up, I don't know, it's like, I don't know how many years ago, this is back post tsunami. I was living at my mom's house, but I said, God, I would like to try being a medium. I would like to try being a medium. So if you could, you know, just make it easy though. Don't make it scary. Don't make it hard. I don't want to freak anybody out. Like I'm, Love I'm a toddler that. here Yeah. and I won't get into the whole story because it's very involved, but the long story short is I walked into an audio express here in Phoenix to get my CDs that were stuck in my van CD player out. <laughs> and this guy was ignoring me the whole time. He wouldn't even look up at me. He wouldn't look at me. And all I kept getting in the right side of my head was the words little, it was, it was audio Claire audience, but it was in the right side. It was going little boy, little boy, little boy, just repeatedly little boy, little boy. Finally, I just was like, okay, this is relentless. So I'm going to say, Hey, you know, do you know a little boy that passed away? This is kind of weird, you know? And he's, and he looked up finally for the first time. And he said, yes, I do. My, my, my nephew, yada, yada, crib death, this and that. And I said, oh, okay. And then I kept getting, I said, well, I kept getting something else. And I said, is there more? And he goes, my brother and his wife that were the parents of that little boy, both passed away a year later with undetermined death in the same apartment. So, so this happened. So then I, I looked at him and I said, oh, and that's all the message I got. I didn't get anything else. That was it, just little boy and that little bit. And I said, I just need to tell you that they're here with you and everything mm -hmm. is okay. This young man, he had been probably middle to late twenties. This guy, remember, wouldn't look up at me, wouldn't talk to me. He started bouncing around the store. He's throwing three free shit at me. He's like <laughs> this party. And I was like, this completely transformed wow. yeah. this young man. I had no idea. 
Yeah. Right. So when I say you guys that I, and I am super intuitive, I'm in touch with my intuition. So I think it wasn't challenging for me when I heard that it was probably about three times where I finally went, huh? You know, but we all can do this. I just mm -hmm. asked one day, I just yeah. said, can you give me some, you know, I would love to do this for somebody. Did I go further after that? No, I still get my little dreams of the people and the things back to your question though, about Barry coming. It is not in a sleep state, but I would say it's definitely in um, a couple of times it's been in quiet. I would say theta where you're still aware of the outside mm -hmm. world, but you're, you're, you're very quiet in your brain. I would say in that, but loud as day, like where I sit up and go, is there someone in my room? Mm -hmm. So that, and then other times it's just been like walking through the house or something that I will get a fragrance. So yeah, yeah. it was it's my, I've had other stories, but this isn't about me. So we're going to move on. And, and we will. And I want to, but I, I also want to say, if you want to know where Barry belongs, um, just ask him. I have, but comes come. I'm like, Barry, what, who do you want me to talk to? I'm assuming it'll come. He said the name Barry, but I, I assume he's Barry. So he could be trying to contact. I know somebody who has a last name, Barry. Yeah. Um, and um, anybody. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to probably the last question. Cause we're coming close to the hour. Of course, it mm. went by 30 seconds, like, like mm. that I knew it would. Miranda, yeah. You and I went by fast. So let's talk about, um, cause there's you guys, there's so much, there's so much information here. Miranda's a font of knowledge. I tell you, if you start Aww. following her and we'll get to that stuff, you start following her where and what, and, and really working through this, or maybe even hiring her as a medium to connect with your loved one, loved ones. I just want you to know, that this is the sky's the limit with this type of things. Like it can just keep expanding and expanding. And it's always feels good if you're really, truly ready for it. You know, mm -hmm. it, whether it's the connection that you're getting, you know, Miranda being the conduit through, or whether it's your own connection, like when you're ready, spirit won't, God won't help us one second before we're ready because it's imposing upon our free will. So when you're ready, you know, there's, you can contact people like Miranda, you can, mm -hmm. you know, listen to, everything that she has to say and learn so much more about all of this. So whether it's from learning to be a medium yourself, just not desiring to be a medium yourself and having so, you know, going to Miranda to connect with you, or if you're struggling through grief and loss, because I know that you do give a talk, you said on wisdom, like there's a grief support group on wisdom. So my last question, Miranda is, are there any new ventures that you're being led to? And I'm going to oh. dip out of the screen because my, my, um, Real quick, my camera is got fuzzy. So if I dip out, okay. it fixes it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I think why I love this question so much is because when I finally um, surrendered and said, I want to work for the spirit world, lead me to where you need me to go. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not just putting myself as, as a medium. Like I do other things. Like I write channeled letters. That's my mm -hmm. podcast is people come in and share their story and I write them a channeled letter. So writing's a big part of that for me. Grief wow. healing sessions and connecting with loved ones is just this very, very small part. I have a passion for talking wow. about, about death and grief and connecting. Like this is, this is my purpose. This is my passion. Um, when I was a funeral director, my favorite part about that job was the ceremony, was, was the ceremony. And we, um, there was a particular they call them funeral celebrants, right? There's a particular celebrant that I would always vouch for. I'm like, you got to hire her. Celebrants are usually um, 
um, requested when a family doesn't belong to a certain religion, a very spiritual family, someone who wants something really personal. The celebrant works really close with the family and they tell the person's life. They can write the eulogy, the obituary, they write this, everything, right? And when I was a funeral director, I said, that's my dream job. That is my dream job. And it has taken me years to get out of my way. So in September, I am becoming, a, I'm working on it. Uh, I'll be a certified funeral celebrant in September. And that will be another way of how I can help people really understand grief, really understand death and loss, because I feel that the funeral the ceremony is a really important part of the grief healing journey. And it doesn't have to be in a church or a funeral home. It can be a backyard, yes. a picnic, whatever. Just find some closure for you, whatever you need mm. to do. That and is so, so beautiful. Yeah. Two last questions. One's real short. For anybody who's watching this, because I really feel for people who have gone through maybe even their first death or second death, because it can be very scary and it can be very tumultuous, we can feel panic because of it. You know, a lot of things, one of the questions that they ask always is, are they okay? And where have they gone? So could you briefly touch on that, Miranda? That, that was my number one question. Yeah. And what did I do? I, I asked it. I asked, show me you're okay. Show me you're okay. And if, if that is, if you need to know in that moment, that's something that really holds you back right now, ask them. And they're going to show up in their own way. But this is the most important part. Get out of the way. Don't rationalize it. If you see an amazing sign, don't let your mind take over and you think, no, that couldn't be. If they're messing with your electronics, if they moved something, if, if you see that, hum yeah, lights, if they, you see that hummingbird or that butterfly, if you feel that connection, just feel into it. So like, and I think we touched on this already, Kristen. They all are there. They are all there. They are all safe. <clears throat> Every single one of them. But if you need validation, you've got to ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where did they go? They returned to the God source. I mean, what, what do you describe that as? Like, where does the soul go? I did everywhere. Mm. The sun, the wind, the birds, the, the, the trees, like they are the mother earth, the, the water. Like I believe they are everywhere. Every, I think their soul is just energy everywhere. Like, um, I don't really, really have a particular like place. I call it. I just, yeah. I think they're ever, and they'll show everywhere. up everywhere. Yeah. But back to the, everywhere back to the, from, from where we came. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Miranda. So if anyone would love to follow you, wants um, to find you, wants to hear more from you, yeah. where can they locate you? All the places. <laughs> Um, I, I'm very new on Instagram. You can find me there. I do, I do post some, some videos, letters, letters to the living podcast. Um, I have a fantastic podcast also about death, grief, and the afterlife people that come on, share their experience. Um, and so then two podcasts, you have two, just one, the letters to the living podcast. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then that's, that's the name of my Instagram account letters to okay. the living podcast. And then I'm on wisdom a lot. Um, I will do impromptu grief talks. I do monthly support. Um, and then, you know, they can find me on my website and I do only in-person sessions. 
So if someone does want a session, you'll have to, you'll have to come to Santa Fe, but Santa Fe is a very healing place. If you need that connection, yeah. what's your website, dear Miranda may.net easy Miranda yeah. may.net. Well, Miranda, this has been, we could talk for three hours. Yeah, easy. I agree. Oh, my gosh. But I wanted to let just spirit take the reins and we go mm. where we went with this. And it was of course, magical and beautiful and the best part of my day so far. So thank oh, you so me much too. for the podcast. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you.